Revolutionary.org, episode 596, 2024, Primo Bolin Revisited. So Primo Bolin is one of those that is legendary, um, golden age of bodybuilding. If you know you think of the golden nectar, um, that's what Primo Bolin has been told. Very, very highly looked at by a lot of people, a lot of the old school bodybuilders, as they like to call themselves, although... I have my own views on that. <laughs> but um, look, at the end of the day, chemical name, methanolone, um, one of the most popular injectable steroids throughout history, although it's definitely fallen out of favor over the past decade. It's not even in the top 10 uh, most sold steroids today. But a lot of guys who use Primo really, really like it. Um, it's a popular option for cutting. And Mobster and I talked about it on the pre-show. When it comes to strength, I can tell you, unless you're really coming from nowhere. Like if you're a person who's never trained heavy before and you're new to weight training and all that stuff and you use Primo, I can see it being uh, good for strength. But if you're like Mobster and I and you've used different steroids already, and you're already strong and you're already at your barrier, Primo Bowling ain't going to do shit for you. So really it's a cutting steroid it's a shaping steroid definitely it's structured it's a dht derivative it doesn't aromatize into estrogen talk a little bit about the history um arnold schwarzenegger um there's been a lot of rumors and confirmations and people that talk to him and we're 99.999 percent confident that arnold did use primo Bolin, and he used a lot of it um, you know, a lot more than what people think he used. I mean, there's thoughts that he would cut, you know, pop open an amp every day and, uh, <laughs> and pin, yeah, he'd pin a hundred milligrams every day and that'd be 700 milligrams a week. Or he may, might take like a Sunday off. So he'd be 600 milligrams. A week. So he was taking this stuff at least 500 milligrams a week. And he loved it because it didn't aromatize into estrogen. I remember in these days, they didn't have access to anti-estrogens. So if you were stupid and you used testosterone on a cycle, you would have to basically either get very, very lucky and not get gyno and not get water retention and not get made fun of for having bitch tits, walking around the gym with bitch tits, or you have to be one of those people that are not sensitive to estrogen and just be very, very lucky genetically. Go ahead, Mobster. Talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'd actually had a conversation uh, with, uh, I think he's passed away now, blessing, a fellow called Dr. Leo Rosa, uh, and a great pianist and singer, amongst other things. And it was one of those driving around in the car, cruising, looking for girls with Arnold kind of conversations from way back in the day when uh, Mr. Rosa was a young man, and indeed so was Arnold, as he'd not long come to America. And a certain level of popularity, being around Gold's Gin and being the, for want of a better phrase, the alpha male of the group. So you can have some of these kind of conversations. It's right up there with people talking about, you know, giving uh, Ronnie Coleman past at my mum's house, that kind of vibe. So you have these kind of conversations and we talk about the habits. And obviously they're going to have chats back and forth about what they're doing. There's also an element, it has to be said, and this applies to modern bodybuilding, never mind the guys of the golden age the 70s and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and whatever else, right? So there's some truth to the idea that Arnold was taking more than other people. There's very kind of personality that he possessed then and to a lesser degree he possessed now, kind of says he's going to do more fucked up shit, train longer, train harder, take more drugs. 
Equally, and this applies to the modern bodybuilder, Steve, the idea that someone's better than you has a greater physique than you is winning more competitions use either down to A, he sucked the judge's cock, or B, he took more drugs than I did. That he might have dieted harder, trained harder, and just had goddamn better genetics doesn't always get to the table when that kind of conversation takes place. So I, I would say that, yes, there are some conversations, and I'm including Dr. Dr. Leo Rosa, Dr. Ken even, uh, having conversations with and discussing what steroids he might be using. But I suspect there's also an element of this is the reason why he beat me and he beat me because. So, for example, I've heard some of the stories about the handfuls of Debo. I know that those stories are true, that the recommendation dosages were ignored by the York Barbell guys when they were working with uh, John Ziegler and so on and so forth. So I can see that the personality type that wants to win and Arnold definitely wanted to win, that would go out of his way to psychologically fuck you up, never mind anything else, would also be the kind of person that might push the envelope when it comes to use of steroids. And in this example, specifically, now I've also said something which came out of, I believe, uh, Randy Roach's books, Muscle, Smoke and Mirrors, amongst others, because I've got lots of historical books here, was the idea that they could go to a doctor and be prescribed steroids that was recommended to them by our buddies at Gold's Gym. And although they wasn't necessarily, Steve, there was no AIs, they would have at least some monitoring by the doctor, and they was getting prescription drugs. And indeed, uh, one story which I told on another show was Pete Graminski had an uncle that worked at a pharmaceutical company and literally sent him a big box, a suitcase full of steroids, hence the crazy amounts that he may have been using back in the day. So there are going to be crazy motherfuckers that are using more than anybody else. Arnold certainly fits into that personality type, but there's also going to be the only reason he beat me is he took more steroids element to it as well. So keep that in mind, listeners, when you when you hear conversations about the grams a week and this person's taking more than me and so on and so forth, they might just be beating you because they're better than you. Simple as that, Steve. Back to you. All right. So let's talk more about Prima Bowling. So, look, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's it's a weak steroid. If you just use Primo by itself, it's not going to give you a lot of differences, but it's going to add a little bit of lean muscle mass. It's going to be, you know, it's not going to aromatize in the estrogen. So you're going to get more cuts to your physique. It's a it, it it's not as weak as using Mastron by itself. Because Mastron by itself would just harden you up, but Primo Bone would still put on some lean muscles. So as Mobster mentioned, adding a little bit of an androgen to it is a smart idea. And that's what they did in those days. Arnold would grab maybe a handful of Debo. That's what those guys did in those days. You know, make you take two or three Debo a day with it. Give it a little kick, but don't use too much D-Bowl. Otherwise, you're going to end up with estrogen problems. But just enough D-Bowl to kind of give it a little kick. Today, you can use a little bit of testosterone with it. You can even use a little trend with it, okay? Um, just a little bit of trend. But with testosterone, when I say a little bit of testosterone, I wouldn't use more than 200 milligrams if you're looking for that 70s um, type of physique where there's no blow and it's nice and lean like you see in the magazines. If you're going to use a little trend with it, don't use enough trend. That's going to overtake the Primo. You want to, you're using the Primo for a reason. You don't want to use trend and kind of overtake the Primo and have 
trend kind of run the cycle where you're just adding the primo for no reason and just wasting your money. So you still want to keep the primo like at 500 milligrams, I would say. And then you keep the trend at maybe 100 milligrams a week. That's it. Really, really just, just to give it a little kick to the cycle. And you get good results doing that. But I, I would do the testosterone option, maybe 100, 150, 200 milligrams of test, and then do five or 600 milligrams of Primo a week. That'd be a really, really good cycle and simple. You get nice, lean results. Don't expect to add 50 pounds to your bench. Don't expect to add 10 pounds to your body weight, you know, and end up with these huge muscles or anything. It's just going to be a nice shaper. And that's, that's, that's what it's going to do. You know what I'm saying? So that would be the fix that I would recommend. Go ahead, Monster. Yeah, I've seen a phrase, icing on a cake. And I would argue, um, especially for those of you looking to get into shape, uh, and especially if you're doing a longer cycle, I can see this as adding what we call a polish to the physique, where you start to look like a bodybuilder. You're not that bolts up. You've got the kind of shape that's going on. You've been working on your delts to get them nice and wide. You've been working on your quads to give yourself that sweep. But you And you start to diet down and something starts to come through and you start to see shape. You start to see that aesthetic, that bodybuilder X-frame coming through. Primo for me in that particular set of circumstances, Steve, is something's going to add polish and it's going to add that kind of complete look. But in and of itself, as Steve said, um, super mild, not something that even, I mean, let's be honest, Steve, Although a beginning bodybuilder or someone who's never used PEDs before certainly uh, might consider it uh, as a first steroid almost never, never. I mean, it could, but never. Uh, but simply because we never see it get discussed in that particular way. But you will see it in competition stacks. Something else as well, Steve, which I think we haven't touched upon, is it's an absolute bastard for being faked. I think it's probably expensive to make and probably because it's not as popular as it once was. It's one of those ones that I believe Anavol was another one in terms of orals where it was expensive to buy the raws. And so the amount of companies or, or would-be labs that were swapping Anavol, for example, with D-Bowl, which is not what you want, uh, Primo was one of those ones that was being faked. What do you think about that as well, Steve? Yeah, and, and look, at the end of the day, I think it was one of those situations where Primo was so popular in the 70s because of what I said earlier was because you didn't have to take an anti-estrogen with it, you know, and it did a lot of things. It was like the perfect steroid for that for that era. And, you know, it didn't cause a lot of side effects and it wasn't one of those steroids you take and you blow up like 20 pounds. So I think it was so popular that once, you know, these steroid bands started getting put into place and you can no longer get a hold of the pharmacy grade primo because the pharmaceuticals stopped producing it. What did these guys start doing is they started faking it. And so finding the real primo became downright impossible. I would say there was a few years in there mobster where you couldn't find real primo. What they would do Agreed, is yeah. they, they would sell you, they would sell you Deca instead of Primo. They would sell you Mastron instead of Primo. And you wouldn't you wouldn't know the difference unless you had it tested. You know, and you'd be like, well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I how would it how would someone know if they never used Primo before? How would they know the difference between Deca and Primo? They're both similar in that they're mild. And uh and you know, the only difference is Deca aromatizes a little bit and, and Primo does not. I mean, it's 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 a little interesting. Uh appetite. 
oh my god, my appetite's going crazy on deck on on primo. It shouldn't, because legitimate primo won't boost your appetite unless you're extremely famine and you know you're dealing with a lot of muscle loss and and um, you're trying to retain your muscle. You're going through some disease or something where you you're you're having a hard time with appetite. It won't, all things being equal, increase your appetite, but that will. So that would be one of the telltale signs. But guys in those days, they didn't really understand that. It wasn't really well known. So once people start actually producing Primo, they were able to get really high prices for it. They were able to get the pharmacy, pharmacy grade prices for it because people were so desperate for it. So then what you started seeing is people knocking off the bare Primo. They would basically start selling fake Primo and just put a bare label on it. And um, that was very, very popular in those days. Now you can take a vial of gear, send it off to be tested. So if they want a fake Primo, they're going to get exposed pretty quickly. So it's not even worth it to even try it, although they do try it all the time and they do selective scam even to this day. So it's very important before you go spending money on Primo to make sure you're getting a legitimate Primo. Absolutely. Monster is 100% right on that. Yeah. What about side effects, Steve? I mean, there's this idea sometimes that certain steroids are so mild that you're not going to struggle with side effects. And an obvious example here is that you might. The article that we're referencing for this podcast talks about hair loss. Uh, there's There was conversations back in the day, although I haven't seen these recently, that you didn't need to do a post-cycle <laughs> therapy if you use Primo. And so on and so forth. I'll use an analogy that I used in a previous show in terms of individual response. Someone having a great response to Primo and finding that they recovered very quickly after a cycle would be an outlier. It's still going to have a suppressive effect. You still should do some kind of post-cycle therapy and so on and so forth. So as mild as it is, it is still an anabolic steroid. It's still going to have an effect on your bloods. It's still going to require some form of PCT for the majority of users. And if, especially if you're prone to hair loss, there will be some people that might struggle using Primo. And again, the other issue which is not often discussed when you talk about this kind of thing, Steve, is dose dependent. Someone using 50 milligrams, or 100 milligrams or 200 milligrams a week versus someone using four or five, 600 milligrams a week. The effects will differ. And again, the condition of the athlete the person in question, someone that's in decent shape versus someone that's out of shape and is using Primo to get into shape. So make sure that you're aware of that when you're using it. We're aware of that when you're discussing it and taking advice from someone else, perhaps from your own personal experience, and so on and so forth. That applies to all steroids, but especially here with when we're talking about something that's mild and thinking that it's safe because it's mild versus it still can have some issues with side effects. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I mean, for me, like the side effects just aren't there. Like, I would say, I would put it this way. If you react really good to androgens and you use Primo, it can kill your libido. Um, so because Primo is not just, I, I almost view Primo as an anti-androgen. Uh, just the way it's structured and the way it acts in the body. So a lot of you, that would be the side effect. And I've seen complaints from people uh, with that with you just your sex drive dives on it because it's so fucking mild in the body. So even if you're running a bunch of testosterone with it, it's not going to matter because it's so anti-androgenic that it actually, if you're a person 
who gets really high libido on lots of tests or lots of libido on lots of trend or any other androgenic steroid, then you run Primo, it's going to be like, wow, this stuff is killing my libido. Does that make sense? So you get you so used to those androgens from using steroids that when you don't have those androgens in your system, you, you know what I'm saying? Also, I, I think also estrogen, it's estrogen related too. Because what happens with Primo, it is not only anti-androgenic, but it's all also anti-estrogenic. So because good as it is the DHT derivative. So a lot of you out there will react really good when it comes to libido when your androgens are high and your estrogen is high together. See, that's a misconception. People think, oh, estrogen high, that's bad for libido. Only if your testosterone and androgens are low and estrogen is high. Like the, the, the guy who sits in, in, in his mom's basement playing video games all day. That's the guy and he eats pizza and, and you know, and, and, and soda all day and he's fat. And that's the guy with low testosterone. That's the guy with no libido. That's the guy who's asexual, you know, who, who, who doesn't even try to get girls. That person has high estrogen, but they also have low testosterone at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you have high testosterone, high androgen, and high estrogen, that's where your libido is most high. So if you're one of those people, okay, who react really well to estrogen and androgens and testosterone, then you'll have the opposite effect. So that's really the only side effects, Mobster, that I can you know really point to. And of course, with all anabolic steroids, including Primo, you're going to have an HBTA effect where it's going to cause your HBTA, your, your pituitary glands to get shut down. And that's completely normal on any androgenic steroid. So you want to make sure, obviously you're running a PCT just like with any other steroid, but overall the side effects are really, really low. It really is um, very, very, very uh, incredible steroid. For those of you who want to keep side effects down, it really is an incredible steroid for that. Yeah, I will add. It's, I wouldn't call this a side effect because it's not a physical effect on on your body. It's effect on your wallet, Steve. Uh, the cost versus results, for whatever reason, and it may just be because it's not as popular as some steroids, and therefore they don't buy the raws and materials to make Primo at the same amount, for example, that they might buy Trend, Sus, Decker, and whatever else. The cost of Primo has always been kind of high in comparison to other steroids. So the, the bang for your buck is low. And in order to get the same bang, you need to use more, which is never the best idea, Steve. And I have a suggestion in the article of six to 800 milligrams a week, just to get a sort of same effect that you probably get from testosterone or something else, at three or 400 milligrams a week. So therefore you're spending twice as much, or certainly close to twice as much, in order to get a similar effect. So it's one of those things where, uh, if it's cheap, I would raise an eyebrow and, and I would definitely want to check that product out, but it shouldn't be cheap. And because it's not cheap, you're not going to have the same effects that you would get with a much lower dose of testosterone and expect to put on pounds of muscle or increase your strength from whatever else. Yeah, so for whatever reason, Anavar was a great example of this, and I mentioned earlier on where the cost of the material was relatively high, therefore they were swapping it out. That is no longer the case, and it's less fake than it was before. And of course, it's much easier for us to get tests, whether it's in the form of a ROID test, just to let you know if there's an actual active ingredient, Primo, in 
the bottle or sending it away properly, as you should do, to a lab. The dust tests are not crazy expensive. You can post it to a cycle and having a product checked out. This is another reason why, of course, Steve, we will always recommend using approved sources via Evo so that you can have these companies tend to be trusted in the long term and produce solid products that are tested with certificates of analysis for that particular reason. But that in itself has a cost, and that's the reason why sometimes you pay a little bit more to use a trusted source for a proper product. But again, in Primo, it's just a little bit more expensive, and the bang for the buck isn't quite there, which is why it's not as popular, say, the others that are in the top 10 state. Back to you. Yeah, and look, at the end of the day, like, I have to like be suspicious. A lot of people they they push Primo a lot. They're like, "Oh, this is the best stuff ever." I I only use Primo when I compete and all this stuff. Well, you're going to lose. Like if you go into a competition and you're on Primo and the guy next to you is on Trend, you're going to lose. You know what I'm saying? Like so it doesn't make any sense to have that sort of you know mentality, that loser mentality. Um, yeah, it, you know, bodybuilding isn't for you. If you think that you're going to be able to compete using Primo and you think this is the 70s, then you're you're going to lose. And that's the bottom line. So I, I say this because I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I don't want people to go out and run Primo and they're like, oh, Mobster and Steve are saying how great Primo was. And I ran and ran it and I gained four pounds in a 12 week cycle. OK, if you gain four pounds and you lose like one or two percent body fat. That's a fantastic cycle, but you're, but because your goals were to gain 10 pounds, 12 pounds, and your goals were to turn into a beast, you basically got let down. And we see that all the time with people. They think that steroids are going to turn them into something amazing. And a lot of times it doesn't, that's not what Primo is for. And Primo is not going to increase your strength. As I said earlier in the podcast, someone like mobster, if Mobster was to stop everything he was taking and take like 12 weeks off of steroids and then go on Primo, I guarantee you his strength would dive on Primo <laughs> because he's that strong. He's so strong, right? So if you take a Primo, he would actually die. He'd be better off not taking anything than taking Primo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. That, because that, that's, that's what Primo does. So Primo is kind of like Master on, but a little bit more of a muscle building effect in the, in the bottom. A very lean muscle body. In fact, you're not going to notice anything. I'll give you another example. I was dating this girl and I was running Primo, right? And, um, you know, as the cycle went on, I was like, look, honestly, what do you think? You know, I was like flexing in front of her and shit. Like, what do you think? Like, do you see any change? She's like, you don't notice much muscle improvement, but I notice you're more cut. Yeah. So that made me think, like, and why am I spending eight or $900 on a Primo cycle? Just to get a little more cut. I can one run Winstrel for that. I can run Mastron for that for a fraction of the price. So it yeah. really makes no sense. But if you're a person, you're like, you know what? I want to do something a little different. I want to do something with lean muscle mass, low side effects. No, you know, not much effects. Then you do it that way. But I want to be clear when we say low side effects, it doesn't mean you're just going to have low side effects and nothing's going to happen. It's still a very powerful hormone and very powerful anabolic steroids. Yes. So you're still going to have some effects in the body. I will say this, though. I have read some literature over the years of doctors in Europe who are pushing to get Primobol and, you know, legalized and back into the medical community for this reason, immune system. There's been some literature out there 
and some confirmation. And I could say this when I've run Primo, I've not gotten sick when I've been on Primo. So mm -hmm. I wonder if there is some, some, something to that where Primo actually benefits your immune system, unlike other steroids or which really destroy your immune system, like trend, for example, whenever you run trend, there's a good chance you're going to get sick while you're on trend. You will get sick because it destroys your immune system so much that any type of exposure to the flu or COVID or a cold or anything will make you, you know, make you feel under the weather while you're on it. But Primo, I've never gotten sick while on Primo. It is it. There is some truth to that, I believe. Go ahead. Let me touch on that for a second here, Steve. There's two thoughts. One that you mentioned in terms of uh, bodybuilding, and in a previous podcast we just recorded. We use the phrase chemical warfare when we were referring to trend. So the closest class in bodybuilding now that reflects probably the 1970s Arnold Schwarzenegger it would be the classic physique, the Chris Bumstead et al. But here's the thing, guys. The reality of the situation is that everybody's in the pharmaceutical cupboard is just varying the dosages. One that might be running a 1,000 milligrams in in the open class, would might only be running 600 milligrams in the classic class. And, of course, they can physique, they're competing where the physique allows them to go. That said, I can see that Primo might be used in that class more, although if you actually look, they tend to be leaner than the 70s physique, so they are doing other things as well with supplements and other PEDs, not just anabolics. And something else that Steve said, and I want to touch upon this, and this is more a reflection of steroid use as a whole and how you train. So the reality of the situation is, and again, I'll use myself as an example, okay? I have talked about training for 10 weeks, 12 weeks, and deliberately overtraining, making sure that I was absolutely, to put it crudely, Steve, fucked by the end of the training cycle. Then having four days off, allowing for super compensation, and then on the very last day, which would be the competition, I'm ready to kick ass because I completely recovered. I've filled my carb stores up. I've had massages and whatever. And now I'm coming to kick your motherfucking ass. And if you beat me, great, you're a better athlete. But I've deliberately overtrained. Guys, go on PDs and expect sometimes a sort of superhuman response. And the reality of the situation is thus. If you really go crazy in the gym, if you suddenly start lifting 10, 15% heavier weights, Assuming that you don't give yourself an injury and tear a pec or strain a tendon or whatever else, it's going to have an impact on your central nervous system. It's going to have an impact on your recovery. And PEDs just enhance that again, over and above training for a competition, over and above getting into shape. You're getting body fat levels down to less than where they normally are. Sometimes crazy low, 3% is not healthy. You're pushing it super hard in the gym where people are actually like, what the fuck is that motherfucker doing? You're up at crack of dawn doing your cardio. You're having very restricted diet, which can be healthy, certainly healthier than perhaps the average Joe's diet. But when it gets crazy restricted, it can lack a certain macronutrients that you really want and so on and so forth. And then to them, impact on it with the stronger PEDs, especially Steve, is just asking for issues. And it is a reality of the situation. Crazy hard training in and of itself is inflammatory. In fact, the argument for it being inflammatory is valid insofar as it is meant to be. And it's your body's response to that training that makes muscle growth happen. And the PEDs just enhance that. But they also can be inflammatory in and of themselves. 
So the suppression of the immune system, the ability to pick up bugs, especially with the harsh of steroids and you crazy training and you're killing the cardio and you're restricting your diet is going to have an effect. It's not quite up there with yeah. scurvy and being on a ship, Steve, but yes, it's going to have an effect. Back to you. Yeah. So let's talk about final thoughts on how to dose it and how long to run it. So first of all, you've got to run Primo at least 10 or 12 weeks. All right. And here, and here's why. First of all, it's an enanthate ester. We're talking about the injectable here. Now, there is an oral Primo, which is way weaker, and I would not go anywhere near it because it's not 17-alpha alkylated. It's just going to get destroyed in the body as a male. Now, females may want to look at oral Primo, but even in that situation, I'd rather females use Anabar. Okay? So, really, I won't even bother with oral Primo, whether you're a male or a female, personally. So, we're talking about the injectable. It's an enanthate ester. Again, it takes... 50 days for enanthate esters to reach peak in the body. That is as long as you're doing a normal injection frequency. So in Primo's case, twice a week injections, you know, it's going to take about 50 days to even reach peak in your system. So if you only run this stuff six weeks, you're not even going to get to enjoy it peaking in your system. So it's going to be a waste of time. So don't even bother with it. So I've got, you got to run this stuff at least 10 or 12 weeks to get the most out of it. So I don't like running cycles more than 12 weeks. I don't like the recovery aspect of telling you to run a cycle more than 12 weeks and getting shut down. And that to me is a big risk. Okay. So really 12 weeks is the sweet spot with Primo. And then in terms of dosing, don't waste your time less than 300 milligrams a week as a male. Don't even waste your time. You've got to run this stuff 400, 500 milligrams a week, even 600 milligrams a week. I've run it anywhere from 400 to 600 milligrams a week. In this particular case, 600 milligrams is much different than 400 milligrams with Primo in terms of the results that you'll get, in terms of the muscle, the lean muscle mass you put on and stuff. So really, you're going to have to open the wallet up for this stuff. We're talking 600 milligrams a week. At 12 weeks, it's going to cost you. So just keep that in mind. Um, it's not something you want to run too often because it is going to is it is going to be rough on your wallet. But it is something that I recommend you try if you like bodybuilding. If you want to cycle where the side effects aren't fucking you up and not annoying you, I really think it, it would be uh, something definitely to try. Mobster, final thoughts. Take us a disclaimer. Yeah, like I said earlier on, I suspect for if I was going to suggest this as part of a cycle for or remember on our forums for a listener, I want it to be something that adds a certain polish to your physique. You need to be kind of in condition already. You need to have some kind of aesthetic. If you are, and we have occasionally have these people that are doing uh, getting shape challenges. Uh, I'm someone who's got a model modeling gig coming up. Someone who's not crazy on the farm in terms of the multiple uh, PEDs for a stack just yet giving it a try to see the effect on the physique. But at the same time, as Steve said, being aware that on a cost versus uh, effects ratio, the benefits versus the cost are not as good as you might like. And so, therefore, you might have well tried other steroids first. Certainly, though, that it will have its fans, and it definitely had its place in, in the uh, bodybuilding uh, arena over the years and still has a place and a role to play. But hopefully you enjoyed the information that we give you today. If you have any particular thoughts, especially if you've got experience of using Primo, we'd like to hear them. 
We'd love to if you come on the forums and check us out and discuss Primo there as well. And let us know what you think, your experiences, the doses that you'd use, and so on and so forth. Please note, we are not doctors and opinions are ours. It is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.